0: you cartridge blowers out there this is n64 life with myself cliff Oster, aka the amazing cliff on the old twitter your guide through the world's greatest computer game console of all time the nintendo 64 hello hello you now here's the thing a lovely to see you by the way you should really put some trousers on while listening to a podcast but what what if you are here if you're here and you haven't listened to a mini-history of Super Mario 64, That that's where you need to be, okay? So you need to be there. You understand? Not here yet. You can come back here later. But first of all, go there, and then you can come and listen to all of this beautiful chat in its fullest. Because if you have already listen to a mini history of super mario 64 there was little snippets of a conversation that i had with martin from now and then 64 and if you're not already go to twitter go to twitch search in there now and then 64 and go and join the natters it's the first community that i ever ever interacted with on twitch And I think Martin has made me feel incredibly comfortable over all these years. And in fact, I've just got off of recording a live stream with him as his co-host, which was really humbling and really lovely to be invited onto that show. And it is a show and it's a brilliant community as well. Go and join them. Go and join them. Go and join them now. You can listen, you can listen to this and join them at the same time. So that's now and then 64. But without further ado, let's just go straight into this. This is in its entirety mine and Martin's conversation for a mini history. Super Mario 64. Enjoy all and let's do this! Hello, mate. How you doing? I'm all right. We were Good. just saying um, off of Mike that how br- random it is that I've known you for like 11 months, but this is actually the first time we've had a conversation. Very strange. Talking. It's
1: very strange. We use this very, very lopsided uh, approach where either you're, you're talking in the camera and I'm in your chat or vice versa. Or, of course, the other method of talking, which is, of course, uh, tweeting at each other or uh, or chatting in discord or something like that so yeah it's very strange for us to actually have both of our faces on screen and, and be able to hear both of our voices in a, a slightly more organic organic way it's nice
0: yeah. yeah a natural conversation if that's how it very much feels we'll, we'll like, do our best <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> probably um so martin tell us about you who are you uh, I'm Martin. I'm
1: just a just an a average Joe. enjoys uh, the, the the comforts that retro gaming brings. Um, I, I much like you, Cliff. Was uh, uh, a hu- hugely into my N64 as a kid, and uh, a year or so ago, I had um, a thought that I might want to do something with that. And actually, you, you I, I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but initially, now and then, sixty four was going to be a podcast. So I we might have said it. We could have been operating in the very same space, um, but actually as I started to develop it, someone, a friend of mine um, who was already streaming said, well, you should give that a go, it'd be quite a natural fit for you because I'm you know, relatively extrovert and all mm-hmm. that kind of thing, and said it'd be a good thing for you to do. Now, this was, of course, in lockdown, so I was crying out for hobbies anyway. <laughs> so it seemed like quite a natural fit. So I, I, in the end, it, it, it kind of uh, pivoted away from being a podcast and became primarily a streaming channel. I, and there's other things I want to do with it in the future, but for now I'm enjoying uh, yeah be, being on Twitch and doing, doing the live streaming.
0: So now streaming, then... hey Hey. hey. so it's now and then 64 so you have gone from strength to strength with your channel it's doing very well for itself uh you know such a lovely community you have as well um it's, it's nice that we sort of started roughly about the same time as well so we it's lovely to sort of see you grow me grow and the more the merrier, as we keep always saying, you know, the more streamers out there streaming retro gaming to N64 gaming, the better.
1: Absolutely. It's, it's been, it has been fantastic. And yeah, it is a brilliant opportunity to, to actually say thank you to, to you and, and all the other Natters as, as, as the, uh, the now and then 64 community are, who, some of which have been following and, and supporting that channel since literally day one, since the first stream I did. And, mm-hmm. um, people like Simo. Timson, Shona, who've been in that chat for uh, for, that, for that long, Rocky as well, um, and, and a load of others who've come along along the way. And and it's been, Twitch has been a real new lease of life for me in, in some ways because it's given me the opportunity to meet a lot of people. I've got a great group of friends, but most of them aren't really hugely into video games. So it's actually been an area of my life where I haven't had that much opportunity to really share that that passion with 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 other people and so it's it's actually been really great to to meet like-minded people and and in particular meet other n64 enthusiasts because that's the the console that that has always you know really had uh, had my heart as it were
0: no completely so before we go on to the n64 obviously part of our chat today is about a little fella called mario or Super Mario, because we're coming up to the 25th anniversary of uh, Mario being released on the um, on the N60, Super Mario 64 being released in North America. So that's what we're here to chat about today. So tell me about your first memories of Mario, because we're roughly about the same age. So what was your first actual memory of playing a Mario game or seeing something to do with Mario?
1: yeah um but it was funny because as a kid i had a mega drive i was i was a huge sonic fan as a as a mm-hmm. as a kid when um you know i got a mega drive at the age of I, it must have been christmas when i was five i guess it must have been 1992 and so mario really didn't enter my world until a little while later my, my cousin did have a snares and i do remember um playing super mario world and super mario all stars on 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 the snares and and I do I do have a, a memory of Super Mario World being like really blowing me away. You know I'd been playing Sonic Two and Sonic and Knuckles and stuff like that, which and I love those games. I played them again recently, and I still think they're absolutely fantastic. But mm-hmm. Mario World, which was in the same genre, in fact was released before any of those Sonic games, was streets ahead of it in terms of like the the level design, the, all the secret exits, all the the tricks and, and and secrets that you could uncover and you know when you think about those sonic games they're just very linear you know they they're really fun to play but you you go through one level you go through the next level you go through the next level and the game's over you know um whereas uh, super mario world was just this incredible like branching pathways and secret parts you could you could get to the final boss in like half an hour if you wanted to yeah yeah because if you use the star road you and that was just blowing my mind if you didn't want to go around and do all the levels so that game was definitely my first uh, memory. I may I may have um, come across like the earlier the, the NES games prior to that, but I don't recall ever playing them. So it was definitely uh, that game that that kind of brought it into my my consciousness. Um, but yeah, the N sixty four was the first Nintendo console that I ever owned. That was when I switched. Uh, and I, when I think back, it, I don't know why. I'm not. I'm, I guess because it came. But I never had. I never had a Saturn.
0: That's what um, I was going to ask. Is that no. you're obviously, you obviously you've been a massive Sonic fan. Obviously, after the Mega Drive, Sonic did have a difficult couple of years, and then after Sonic Adventure, really had a difficult uh, lots of difficult years. Um So there was no drive to get a Mega Drive then. Uh, sorry, not Mega Drive, a Saturn.
1: I barely even remember the Saturn existing. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's one of these weird things, and it's got. <laughs> It's got tons of games on it, but I don't remember anyone I know having one. I don't remember ever seeing it in a shop, although it must—I must have seen it in a shop, but I don't remember ever seeing it. So I had no motivation to get that. And by the time the Dreamcast came out, it was too late. I had the N64, and there was—and you know, I I wasn't in the the position to have more than one console at the time, so um, it didn't have a hope in hell, even if I'd been interested in getting it. But (laughs) by that by that time, I think I was pretty um, firmly. Uh, sold on the on the Nintendo side of
0: things. So, what made you, let's say, uh, that go for an N64 over a PlayStation, for instance? Because the PlayStation was the best selling at that time, uh, had a year's advantage over the N64. Was there a specific thing that drew you into the uh, N64? Or oh, a na-
1: uh, uh, another kid who lived across the road from me, she had an N64. She got it like pretty well as soon as it came out in the UK, which I'm sure you've got the dates on in your head. Was it? Uh, it was, uh May 1997. May, right. So she must have got it pretty well straight away. Mm-hmm. And I remember going over and seeing her playing Mario 64 and being like, what the f-
0: is this? I can't swear yeah, on your yeah, podcast, yeah. can
1: I? Can I swear on your Please,
0: podcast? You can, I'll just... I... Uh, banjo goes off every time you do so it's fine i swear i swear a hell of a (laughs) lot so it's fine don't worry about it i had the the, the mouth of a sailor when
1: i was 10 years old so i probably actually i probably actually did say that (laughs) um yeah so i just remember being blown away by it and just like thinking this is so you know i still had my mega drive i was playing 2d sonic games and and, you know stuff like that cool spot and really really fun games but this was just like the, the N64 in terms of a generational leap from the SNES to the N64 is I, I, this might be an arguable point I'm sure someone may well push back against this but I think it's the by far the biggest generational leap in terms of the types of games that were then going to be made you know and, mm-hmm. and the, 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 the the breadth of games that could now be made what they had the capability to do so I just remember thinking it was out of this world now, if she'd had a PlayStation, who knows how different my life may, might have been. Now <laughs> Look, and then, Sony would have now and then, around. now and then, PS1. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but it, it, it could have been, I, I'm not sure. But I think the other thing is, I think I always saw the PlayStation, rightly or wrongly, um, as being a very serious console, you know, there's a lot of like serious yeah. racing, Gran Turismo, and all these, and I was, I was never really into that kind of thing, you know. I was, I, I, I liked brightly coloured, fun games that I could get lost in, and you know, that had fun characters that that were fun to players, you know. So mm. I, I, I think the N sixty four really was more up my street. I was only ten years old when it came out, anyway. So I, maybe if I'd, be, it would have been interesting to see if I'd been a couple of years older, if that might have gone the other way. Um, but I think mm. all of that really, really, um kind of fed into it so naturally going back from my friend across the street's house i was then uh, demanding that my parents uh, <laughs> get me the n64 wow. which they duly did for christmas of that year so i'm coming up coming up on 24 years with the same n64 i've still got the same console i got that christmas yep. um and a few of the same cartridges i think i'm almost certain that's the same mario 64 cartridge that i've had for that duration mm-hmm. of time as well
0: yeah, no, because actually, before we move on to the next sort of Mario question, because of you are a big Pokemon fan like I am. I know that you your favorite Pokemon is Marowak. Uh, you Long live that, Marowak, man. mate, yeah. I'll tell you what, uh, you, you, you tell a lot of people that. Now, actually, do you know what we were saying about that being a year older? The amount of people that I talk, because me and you are the same age that are a year older than us, that weren't into Pokemon at all, it's is phenomenal. That extra school year is phenomenal to how many people in that school year compared to our school year didn't get Pokemon. It was too childish, it was too babyish, and they didn't come into it. Yet anybody below us for the next five years, Obsessed. So it's, it's really, really odd how that worked. And I know everyone's different. There must have been people out there that were born 1985, that, you know, that were into Pokemon. But it, I've spoken to so many people in the past, and they're just not into it. Well, I wasn't
1: into it as a kid. I, oh, I, got, okay. I, I, I didn't get into Pokemon until a few years later. And in fact, to be honest, I remember there being a kid in my school year who kind of got the... Piss taken out of him quite a bit for liking Pokemon which and, and I and I had to say I, I think I may have been party to that at one or two oh, points so Martin. so if he's listening I would like to apologize firstly and, and, and admit that I was incredibly wrong um but yeah I, I was I didn't have a game boy or anything like that so oh. I I did and I never had Pokemon Stadium on, on n64 even until more recent years so I don't think I got into Pokemon until I was about 15 or 16 or something like that okay. which which it's kind of doubly bizarre because because
0: um, that was the years when I was coming out of Pokemon,
1: right. That's the that's the eight. sort of years you'd think that's you'd quite, probably yeah. be trying to look a bit cooler, but apparently I didn't have that problem. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: you do, you were di- you were digressing as as consoles became more serious. You were like, no, I'm staying with the, I'm staying with the brightly coloured
1: things. <laughs> I, I'm almost certain that the first time I played like one of the main series Pokemon games, and it would have been it would have been Generation One. It would have been Red or Blue. Yeah. I'm almost certain it would have been on an emulator on a on a PC. Oh, wow. Um so in, that... f- in fact now I think of it, I'm not oh no, I'll tell you what, I did have a DS and I had emerald and I had um diamond, I think. As so well. so that would have been in your late teens, early twenties. Early twenties, I think, yeah. Mm. Um so that was that would have been the first time that I played a Pokemon game on a console on a on a on a a, actual device every other time would have been on an emulator
0: because i i came out of it oh god so when i was sort of late teens or mid-teens and then i came back into it in my 20s so i obviously i've said this before i lived abroad 10 years ago and anything on the emulation i was just looking for it so i had project 64 I had a Game Boy Advance emulator. Uh, so I was looking for absolutely anything to play. And I remember finding, I think it was Leaf Green. And I originally played Leaf Green uh, for the first time. And then that was it. I was It was almost like a box had opened in my head again. And all this nostalgia came through. You know, I got back into wrestling. I got into Pokemon again. I got into Nintendo again. So it, I think it does happen to everyone at some stage where you, you go back and you look at things. Like there's, there's certain game franchises I wouldn't have even given a look at back in the day, like the Resident Evil games. I wasn't really into the Resident Evil games, but now... Resident Evil 4, I play at least once a week.
1: <laughs> anyone anyone who saw my ill-fated attempt at playing Turok 2 on the stream will attest to the <laughs> fact that I can't play horror games at all, so I'm not going anywhere near Resident Evil. But I think to your point, I, I wonder if part of it is actually getting to your mid 20s and feeling a little bit more assured about yourself and, and actually yeah. maybe maybe letting go of some of that feeling of is this cool do i is this a cool thing for me to be doing should i be doing this at my age should, should i be yeah, playing yeah. pokemon games at the age of 22 and sort of reaching a point where you're like i don't care actually i'm I, 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 it's fun i like doing it <laughs> you know <laughs> i'm like, just being I'm a bit more assured and confident in doing that that's like that's and because it's funny you say like 10 years ago that would have been in wrestling the the summer of punk right and a lot of people our age i think came back into and i and i did it was cm punk mm-hmm. and Zack Ryder were the two guys yeah. who who sort of brought me back into watching wrestling a bit more and i hadn't watched it really for about seven eight years by that point
0: yeah because i i had about five years out and then Summer of punk brought me back in i did have a little bit of a hiatus after punk left mm-hmm um, I sort of went away for it wasn't long. It was about a year and a bit, um, but it was funny. I went. I remember going to my first ever independent British wrestling show, and you were saying about being assured about yourself. Now, British independent wrestling is not the beast it is now. It wasn't very serious. It it was it was a bit cack in places. There were only really a couple of places people out there like Jody Fleisch, great wrestler Johnny Storm. But I remember going to see this show, and I gave up. Going to, I used to go every weekend to see Southampton football club. So I used to have very, hey, lads friends, and I remember turning around for the first time saying, "Oh no, I'm not coming to the football. Why not? Well, I'm going to watch wrestling. I'm going to, I'm going to the wrestling." <laughs> and at that age, I, I remember that I was. I I remember sort of being like given a face of.
1: What? So, social suicide.
0: Yeah, and I was like, oh, I don't care. I want to go. And then ever since I've been always on the thing of this is me, as you said, more self-assured, this is me, lump it all over it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's come back on to Mario. Um So obviously you are, and I mean, I've seen your streams where you have done Your challenges to get stars in a certain period of time and I'm a bit gobsmacked half the time I'm like how does he do it I don't get it and I you've seen me do equal challenges you know that I'm proud that I can do but I I mean like those stars I'm like I don't I just don't I don't get it how do you do it so quickly um so one how did you become uh, how many hours have you devoted to that game and two with those stars, what is your favorite star? Uh,
1: in terms of hours, that's a very good question. I I think I've probably done 120 stars on Mario 64 uh, probably about 15 times I would guess, which is not that wow. often in a it's not that often in a 25 year period, but it's quite a few I guess. It's enough to know the game pretty well like the back of your hand, I guess. Mm. And so I think like when I get into it, I know that I can go I know I'll be able to go and get the first four or five in Bob on Battlefield within Probably ten minutes, you know. So I, I can definitely like churn through the first chunk of them pretty, um, pretty quickly. Um, it's still pretty. I still find it challenging late on in the game. You know, Rainbow Ride, TikTok Clock are not easy levels, uh, even after a few playthroughs. So. Um, you know, I still it's, it's not like I can breeze through the whole thing. I'm definitely not anything like a speedrunner. I want to make that clear. And speedrunning <laughs> is those... one of the things I was going to talk to you about later on. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but but I'm definitely not... But what I will say is, having watched a few speedrunners, there are little bits of strategy that I noticed the last time I played Mario 64, which was back in the summer. Um, suddenly, I, there was a couple of stars that I did slightly differently based on things I'd seen speedrunners do that weren't like... Backwards long jump, glitching through a wall, kind of thing. It was, just, it was just like if you go down here and kick off the. It was things that I could have figured out on my own if I thought about it. It would be it, like, um, there's the star in uh, Womp's Fortress, which I and I think it's the shoot into the wild blue where you have to just get in the cannon. It's a pretty easy star. You jump in the cannon, fire yourself onto a pole, drop down, and there's the star next to you. But actually, the way the speedrunners do it is to run down to the bottom part of that level where the blue coin switch is. And just uh, side flip and wall kick o- up to it, and it's and it takes like half the time.
0: Um, I've seen few people do that, and I've tried to give it a go, and I can't do it.
1: <laughs> it's pretty, it's, it's, so that's just like one thing that, I, and I'm now like, oh my god, I've, I've taken my my first step into the speedrunning thing. I, I never ever want to learn. We talked about it on stream a couple of times. I was like, I don't ever want to learn how to speedrun Mario 64, because I would never, ever want to lose the feeling of being able to play that game yeah. normally. And you'd never be able to go back. Like, once you've learned how to do the, all the fancy gubbins that they can do, you'd never you'd never be able to go back to playing it normally, really. It would feel weird, I think. So no, I'll, uh, okay. I'll, I'll never learn. Um, Favourite stars, yeah. Um, I always liked ones where it felt like you were applying... Mario's move set in a, in a way that kind of felt like you'd achieved something. I and mm. and so the ones that re, the, the first one that I thought of was um, on Cool Cool Mountain. There's wall kicks will work where you've got to do some quite nifty jumping and wall kicking in order to get to it. Not to mention then cross a very uh, narrow ice bridge at the end to, mm. to get to it as well. So I um yeah I liked uh, I liked ones like that where you were kind of having to show a little bit of uh, aptitude for the for the for the jumping and things like that because it can be a little bit finicky and then I, th- I think there's just a couple of ones that I just like because of how weird they are and how unexpected and and kind of offbeat they are so in Womps Fortress you suddenly get this uh, uh, thing after you've done a, a couple of stars where an owl appears in a tree and and it's one of these ones and it's easy to think of it now because we're both really familiar with the game but when you were playing it for the first time how would you know to even climb that tree you have to hit the tree in order to get the outer to appear, but you would probably just go past that tree because you've never used it in the in the other stars
0: so, There's, there were so many bits to Mario 64 that I only knew, and I think The Owl was one of them, 100%, because I'd read it in N64 magazine. Yeah, yeah, well, like a strategy
1: guide or something, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I just remember seeing it appear, or I was over a friend's house, and they said, did you know you could do this? Yeah. Um, a lot of it ha- came from there, you know, because obviously your love for Mario 64 is very much my love for Ocarina of Time you know, Ocarina of Time though, I dissect it you know what I mean, I wanted to find it the hours I put into my first ever run through because I'm similar to you, I think I've completed Ocarina of Time about 15 times I would say um, and that's fully completed um, but yeah we've Mario 64, I've never got 120 stars never, uh, we need to get you on that firstly you're going to need to rectify did. that soon it's, but... it's going to be a stream at some point but I've never done it I think
1: it, I think one of the things about Mario 64, because it was really the first major game to mm. have this open style, you know, we, we're going to give you a playground, go and figure it out. You know, we're going to give you a clue at the start, you get the mm-hmm. name of the star, and some of those titles for those stars are pretty obvious, and some of them are not at all. Some of them are really weird, and like... Uh, and, and, and when you think back, as I say, it's it's quite easy to forget this now that I know the game as well as I do... But in 1996 or 1997, without a strategy guide, how would you know, for example, you go and do Peach's secret slide, okay? You jump through the window, you go down the slide, you get the star at the end, that's in the box. You're like, okay, well, that's that done. Well, firstly, you you wouldn't necessarily even know to go and uh, to jump through that window, but let's just say you tried it and found the slide. You did did the slide, you got the star. How could you possibly know that there is a second star in there That you can only get by doing that slide in under twenty-one seconds. You, there is no clue to that whatsoever. Um,
0: I never got that star.
1: So the never. only but but what I think it is is the game has actually correctly said. I think players will want to see how quickly they can do that slide, and so they and so they're going to try it out, and somebody's going to stumble across that by accident, and they're just and they're just going to go, oh, there's another star for doing that. Cool. So I think. A lot of the stars kind of reward that exploration and and, and just trying things and just like, what, does this work? I don't know. There, there's th- there's other smaller things. There's, um, you know, in in Bob and Battlefield and, and probably a couple of other levels. There are like um tree stumps, right? And 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 if you run around them in a circle, coins pop out. How, but you have to run around it like three times how could you possibly, who would do that, why so it's just all these weird little things and that's sort of one of the things I really love about the game in general That is just the, this slightly um, random approach to it where, where uh, things that aren't really told to the player I mean there might be if you read every single sign in the game but who the hell's got time for that
0: <laughs> or speak that the only time i would the only reason why i spoke to toad was because one time he gave you a star so yeah well he must give you more stars at some point yeah but all that makes you all
1: that makes you do is talk to every toad but skip through their dialogue till the end to see if they give you a star <laughs> yes. and if they don't you're like you're useless to me i've, I've got no use for this guy get the you hell out of here to
0: get back in the walls <laughs> 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 but no as i said i think you know a lot of that comes down to like the the developers never had had the freedom that they had with any other game. This is one of the first games of its kind that they were able to just make these maps that people can navigate and negotiate and just walk around them freely. It wasn't like any other Mario game before where it was start at A, finish at B or Here's the map to get to there. Here's some hidden bits so you can skip A, B, C, D, E, F, G out and get all the way to the end. You know, that was that was there from the start. But this game took that adventure into a whole new level. Whole new level. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: and and then the and the freedom to approach tasks the way that you want to do them. The the mm. the, the cage star in Womp's Fortress that I mentioned that has the owl. I've seen four or five completely distinct ways of doing that star. Like I've seen mm. people use the cannon and get their trajectory just right and drop down into it. I've seen people climb the tower on the top and and long jump from it into the cage. Yeah. People drop in from the owl, which I assume is the way they thought you would do it. Um, uh-huh. I've seen I've seen speedrunners do like um, like backwards long jumps up and then like wall kick into it and and stuff like that. It's, so it's there's uh, there's so many ways to approach, and so many stars where some of them you know have to be done in a pretty prescribed way, but but others where you can actually uh, express yourself and 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 choose how you approach those those challenges.
0: Mm, completely, and one of those things about that sort of uh, the, you know the open world of the castle would be that you felt like you were finding something very unique, very like oh no one else knows about this i remember what finding the so when you start to get the sunshine come through in the main lobby looking at it and then go oh, like that when you were transported to get in the wing cap and yeah. you're going oh my god i have broken fruit and i remember going to school and telling all my friends of i figured out how to get the wing cap you and they're like yeah yeah well, yeah, yeah we yeah. already did it <laughs> we, we, we did it we wow they pulled
1: and, the rug I out was, from under you
0: yeah no, literally completely underneath me i did it with them with Ocarina of time all the time but with that i, I remember being so so excited, so excited to tell someone. Um, with the caps, though, because obviously with the caps, with the power ups, they be different again compared to what they had ever done with any other Mario game. No stars, uh, apart from the ones that you're collecting, you know. No, none of that sort of traditional element of you know uh, of the ha- the power ups that they had before. Um, what was your favourite power up out of the three? Mm-hmm.
1: I thought they were really un- underused. I think if there's if there's eee. one criticism I've got of the game, well, I've got a couple of a couple of criticisms, but one of them is uh, is that they didn't really use them that well. Particularly the vanish cap. I thought there was the potential to do some really interesting stuff with that um, that they never really got. <laughs> um, I think it's pretty hard to look past the wing cap because mm. you've got this these 3D open worlds. Um, and to be able to soar around them, fly around them and, and explore them from the air and sort of see everything from a completely different vantage point, I think um, it's quite difficult to look past that. And, you know, it, uh, getting the, the ability at the end, which you've never had. Of being, oh no! Am I going to spoil this for you? You you, you do know no, what happened, yeah? Okay, I know, all right. I've all right. Sent people it's been it's been twenty five years, hasn't it? Okay, <laughs> Um but yeah. So at the end, you obviously get the ability to use the cannon and shoot up to the the roof of the castle, and um, you get a little Easter egg with with, with Yoshi there, Yoshi. and then you've got a wing cap up on the roof, and you can fly around these castle grounds, which. You started out in these castle grounds, and it's probably taken you the first time you did it quite a while to get to 120 stars. So you're like, oh my god, this this little playground area that they gave that I just got used to running and jumping, and in initially I can now sort of fly around it. So, I think I think pretty easily the, the wing cap is is the the best one, the the one that gets the most use, the one that gets the best use. I think the others are are, are a little bit underused, but I do think there's one really good star in Diadai Docks where you have to use both the metal cap and the vanish cap at the same time um, mm-hmm. and then sink down. It's, it's called collect the caps, I think, actually. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought that was quite cool, that you've now got... Okay, we've got to use them together. That was that was interesting. And, and actually, that kind of almost makes the point of... Well, it would have been good to have two. What about one where you have to have the, um, the wing cap and the vanish cap together? Mm. Because you've got to fly... Maybe you've got to do some nifty flying through a course and and that and you have to have the vanish cap as well because you've got to go through some walls or something like that you know it's a it's a shame that they didn't do a little more of that kind of thing
0: so yeah i agree the wing cap uh, the the caps themselves i think the vanish cap as you said it, it it was to me it was just so underutilized but i tell you one thing that i love and you know this if you've listened to the podcast uh, or anybody listening to podcasts, I love music and games, especially the N64. Um, and the music for the Wing Cap is incredible because it's the old Star music, but it's made it so floaty and yeah. adventurous. I, yeah. I do really like that touch. That I'm, I love the Metal Cap music as well. That's a banger of a
1: tune. <laughs> the, the music in Mario sixty four is uh, like. The soundtrack is is pretty unbelievable, I think. When you listen, actually, to um, how they basically had one tune, mm-hmm. and just, change, you know, you got that... Um, the Bob-on-Battlefield theme is the same tune as the Cool Cool Mountain theme, just with, a, with like, a, a different arrangement, basically, different instrumentation. Um... And and it's the same as the slide tune as well, you know. The, mm-hmm. the, and it's that and and all of these share this common um, sound. And if you and I didn't even realize that for for the longest time, it took ages for me to be like, actually, they're kind of similar, aren't they? Um, I think the, the the only thing is that towards the end of the game, it was almost like they ran out of tracks, and they and they. Were, <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't know if it was. If I I suspect it probably was. Like a, a, a matter of space, yeah. And and so you've got like Rainbow Ride that uses the slide theme. TikTok Clock uses the slide theme. Yeah. Um, you, you know, like a, the, a lot of those later levels, like repeating the same um, themes again, which it, it, it puts a little bit of a dampener on it. But uh, apologies if, I, if I'm if st- i stepping on your toes here. I don't know if you were going to come on to this, but one thing I do want to mention is the music that plays on the end credits, because that is
0: I, bar I have, none. I'd- I may have just dragged you to water with that one. I know <laughs> your love for all that piece of music. Well, allow me to drink. Um, <laughs> drink some yeah. water. <laughs>
1: um, it's uh, yeah, bar none, like my favourite piece of video game music ever. It's it's so. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It just really, really gets you. And and I think it's that feeling of oh my god, I have have finished the game. I have achieved. Because you'd have to have at least seventy stars, unless you're a speedrunner doing a glitchy thing or whatever. And um, yeah, I, I just, I just love it so much. So I, I just think that is just a, a transcendent piece of music that that um, is just, is just absolutely brilliant.
0: No, and I, I, it's not my favourite because. Yeah, I think that my favorite piece of music, again, uh, it might well be because of our love for the games, but Ocarina of Time, when you complete Ocarina of Time and he's walking out of the Temple of Time or just after you complete um, Lilac Wars for the first time or Star Fox 64. Lilac
1: Wars has got a great um, end credit music as well. That
0: end scene where it's flying off into the sun. Yeah, uh, they're all running along the... the... Um, bum, bum, at the ends. That is that. Oh, hits me in the fields. Oh, nah, nah, nah.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's that's a great that's a great piece as well. I think the N64 was blessed with some pretty fantastic soundtracks, and and uh, yeah, certainly like the, the Hyrule Field theme. Yeah. Uh, obviously the the all the grant all the Grant Kirkhope stuff. You know, banjo and and Golden um, Etc. Just fantastic. All, all the all the rare soundtracks, obviously, a top drawer
0: well it'd be wrong for me when we're on the conversation of rare and you brought up Kirklo, and then we have to bring up Beanland as well <laughs> and um obviously you you aren't a fan of one of the rare games um which is Conker's Bad Verde. uh you did a video that you you spoke about Conker's Bad Verde, which I said I agreed with a lot of the things like the taking the mickey out of uh, suicide stuff like that I was like I'm in total agreement with you um is there another game Uh, because we won't go to that go watch the video if you haven't already um very well received video (laughs) (laughs) who thought who thought the internet wasn't full of twats to be
1: fair fair, we we we, maybe we shouldn't get too far into it but what i will say is yeah yeah i do i do accept that the the response to it was which was quite uh we'll generously call it mixed um (laughs) was partly my fault because i did give it quite a provocative title um so uh, a lot
0: of the people as i said to you at the time i bet 90 percent of these haven't even seen your video because uh, all they're reacting to is the title itself
1: that's kind of my fault you know i i it's my fault for making the title a little bit clickbaity to be honest so lesson learned i'll try to be a little bit more measured in my approach going forward and see if we can get some slightly (laughs) more useful discussion next time but um I stand by more or less everything I said in that video, and yeah. uh, 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 but I do accept that I probably should have approached it from a slightly, slightly more measured angle. But but anyway, Cliff, I, I interrupted you. What were you gonna What were you gonna ask about?
0: Well, I was gonna say, is there any other N64 games that you loathe? I loathe. Mm.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been watching you play through Superman 64 recently, and um... <laughs> yeah,
0: I agree with that one. <laughs> now.
1: I'm not going to say, Cliff, that Superman 64 is the greatest looking game we've ever seen, but from what I've seen of you playing it, it does look playable. Now, when is it going to be your turn to do Carmageddon 64? Because you will be, <laughs> you will <laughs> be crying nice. out, you will be begging for Superman 64. You would want to play Superman 64 ten times before you want to play Carmageddon 64
0: if i'm right i my first ever marble race for you on your subscri- uh, subscribe tuesday mm. uh, your tuesday um i won it and i nominated for you to play carmageddon 64.
1: that was is that right uh, I'd, I'd forgotten yeah. that was you i'd forgotten that was you but thanks I believe a lot it
0: was unless unless my memory is shot i believe it was me i was definitely around for that stream but i'm in my head it was me that nominated it but I've said it. I'm maybe doubting myself. So sorry if it was you listening to this. You can come and tell me off. It's fine,
1: (laughs) Cliff. On the assumption that it was you, all I can say is I will have my vengeance in this (laughs) life or the next. So you will, you will play through that game, and you will see what I suffered through. Um, So definitely calm against. But I think the things with come again, sixty-four. That was a game that nobody mm. played because everyone knew it was going to be that it was terrible. It was reviewed incredibly poorly at the time. Yeah. Um. I'm I, there. There is one game that, that I guess springs to mind, and I'm sure this is, maybe this is where you were trying to push me towards, which I don't hate at all. Um, it has a lot of plus sides to it, but uh, trying to do a 101% run on Donkey Kong 64, which I did at the back end of last year into the start of this year,
0: because that's how long it yeah. took, um, was... You can see you're a podcast man. If you did it... you'd be like, yeah, I know what you're taking with this. It's yeah. going to be Beaver bother, isn't it? <laughs>
1: <That's>, um... <laughs> that is an experience that I will never, ever repeat, I-, I swear to God. I doubt I will ever play the game again. Um, and if I do, there is not a chance in hell that I will be doing a... Uh... Um, a one hundred one percent run again. Um it was it was pretty um unbearable by the end, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was down to yeah, Beaver Bother, the arcade games that were just really sucked the fun out of it for me. And to me, really kind of ruined what I think actually probably is quite a fun game. Um
0: I I've well, I... I've always been on the, the you know, when i i was part of that stream i was part of the famous stream when banjo bit the dust and you were like right what are we going to play next and i literally went on there saying banjo Two. Tu- i think i was saying banjo too and as soon as you said oh dk64 i went God's that's the same I that's, that's like banjo right <laughs> oh I, I literally was like no martin martin you're gonna be there forever it's the biggest fucking collector fun full of stupid mini games i've been under your bits and pieces I, I i don't hate it but to complete it to 101 uh, you know 101 percent that's no no because i remember getting through to k Rule. You know, I never 101% it. I just got through to K. Roll and went, I'm done with this now. I can't be bothered to find every friggin' banana for every single character. And I remember the, the hate that I had for not just um, uh, the uh, Beaver Bobber, but quite a few of those mini games. Um, the ones that I actually enjoyed that you didn't were the retro games, uh, Jetpack. Oh, you like that? Used... Oh, I used to actually just go on there to play Jetpack. That's how sad I am. <laughs> had
1: you had you played those games before you played Donkey Kong no. 64? Really? Because no. I, I assume that if you're someone who quite enjoyed those games as a kid, then you'd probably get quite a kick out of seeing it in in, in turn up in Donkey Kong 64. Not to mention you'd probably be quite a bit better at those types of games than I am because I've never played the original Donkey Kong. I have never played Jetpack. I never, never replayed really any of those. I've never mm. played Space Invaders or you know Pac-Man or anything like that. Really. Um,
0: so with so, me, obviously. So it's I just like a different
1: off... thing. Mm.
0: My my first console was the NES, and uh, the game that I used to play the most was the remake of Donkey Kong's, uh, the original Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr. I used to, I used to love uh, asteroids. I used to love... Oh, I can't remember the name of it. It was like Pong, but you had one bit at the bottom and you were breaking. It might have actually be called Box Breaker or something like that. Yeah,
1: I know the kind you
0: mean, yeah. Yeah, so I used to love... I do to love columns. I love anything like that. I... That anything that's something in my uh, must be autistic head loves things that have a place and that's why i love jetpack because it's like you learn the patterns of when the, the they're gonna come across you learn when you should take off and that sort of thing i used to love so it it was nice to play something new of that era because i yeah. never played jetpack i never played any of rare's very early games so it was yeah for me i loved it
1: yeah i just found it a pretty soul destroying experience to be totally honest anyway i'm glad to put it i've 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 tried to put it behind me i I don't want to i'm having flashbacks now so yeah that that that's the that's the obvious answer to one that i didn't get on with quite so
0: well well one game that you are currently playing uh which is a game as i've said already in this chat a game that i've completed 15 times is ocarina of time now you didn't just start it from the beginning again, like anyone else would. You picked up your game that you last saved 20-odd years ago and started from the Water Temple.
1: They, well, they, they um, build those build those cartridges to last, don't they? Yeah, yeah. They
0: do, don't they? <laughs> um, as, as you said, you've got your original uh, uh, Super Mario 64. So have I. Um why did you pick it up from that point because you know as well as you know i there's certain bits i haven't done in super mario 64 but i know of because i've seen them it's quite well documented that the water temple is a dick um why did you start from the water temple what what drove you to do that well two reasons
1: number one i this, this save file is, as Cliff, as as you've, you've alluded to, is one that I began in 1998. I started it when I was 11 years old. I got as far as the Water Temple. Let's say I did that by 99 or 2000, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And then haven't played it for that amount of time. And for years, I was like, oh, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And then I was like, okay, when I hit 500 follows on, on Twitch i'll i'll, mm-hmm. I'll uh, open up the time capsule and and play on from where i left this game 20 odd years ago so that was one part of it was i didn't want to go back to the start i want to finish this save file this is this is mm. a this is a time capsule and and uh, a rare opportunity to do that i think um but also you've you've kind of already answered the question because the actual reason is I knew I was not only in the Water Temple, I was at the end of the Water Temple. I'd I'd got as far as the boss. The last thing I must have done on it, however long ago, was attempt to beat that boss and fail. Um, And that's what has made me put it down 23 years ago or whatever. So So if I went back to the start, not only would I have to play through the entire first however many hours... That I've gone through and do the deco tree and carry that thing fish around, um, <laughs> I knew that I would actually have to go and do the water temple again. So actually, the, the 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 reason was to avoid actually having to play the water temple again.
0: That is a jolly good reason, <laughs> pretty, pretty solid, eh? Even though I did jump in your stream the other night and you were like, "Hi, we're trying to defeat Bongo Bongo," and I was like, "You are using the uh, le- uh, the Eye of Truth, aren't you?" And you were like, "No." But it will be now. And then you defeated him, and I did laugh, and to admit, I did giggle to myself. It, wasn't,
1: uh, it was pretty easy in the end. So this, and yeah, I mean, as at the time of recording, I suspect it will come out after uh, this this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm heading off next to I believe the spirit temple, and then it's I the- I, the- I, the- the- I think I'm getting towards the end. I don't know exactly how mm. close, but uh, I, I guess I've probably got another three or maybe four streams in it.
0: Well, you've got to do the Spirit Temple twice. Uh, oh. Oh. Once as Young Link, once as Adult Link. So you go no, back to not. Kid Link. Um, and then you've got to... Uh, yeah, so after that, then you go into Ganon's Castle. Okay, so uh, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. But I would suggest getting the bigger on Sword. Uh, definitely Woods, because... Yeah, it that's what I've got, got to do. Bosses. It, the I world's mean the big biggest fetch quest. it is a bit of a oh my god but have a guide in front of you get it done because it is i think it's three times stronger than the master sword so you think you're you're killing anything you are striking with your swords you're killing it three times longer and actually i don't know how much of a spoiler this is for you but you will need it in not the final boss but the final final boss um,
1: I, I, I kind of know what happens i don't know the whole story or anything like that but i i, I yeah n- nothing's
0: really going to come as too you, much of a shock. you lose you lose your sword let's put it like this you will lose the master sword <laughs> okay, Julie noted. I'll go and get the. I'll go and get yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, big yeah. one then. That's what I'm gonna say. You lose the master sword, and you will be cried out for that as you're trying to hit him with the hammer, and you'll be like, oh <laughs> why didn't I listen to?" All
1: kids? right, it's good. It's good that we had this chat then. Yeah, that's it. This is the only reason.
0: Um, <laughs> um, so, is there any other games that you really? Is there a game for the N64 that you haven't played yet that you really want to?
1: Um. I think the, the, the two biggest ones, because I only got an expansion pack last year. That was the mm. I, I only upgraded the console last year for the first time. Took out the old jumper pack. He's, oh, what a shift uh, that thing had put in, I tell you. Um, I can imagine the gun
0: under to that. I have never removed my expansion
1: pack. Nah, clean, clean, there. As a, clean as a whistle, mate. Um, <laughs> but um, because I never had one, I've never played Perfect Dark which I would like to do. I've got oh, Perfect Dark, but I've not. I'm, I'm just saving it for a, a stream at some point, you know?
0: Um, sin and Punishment.
1: <laughs> a lot of people, since I started the channel, I'd never even heard of it, but a lot of people have mentioned Sin and Punishment, so that would be cool to get to as well. And then, of course, at some point, once I've done Ocarina, the other one is Majora's Mask, which I've also never done. So there's a couple of, those are like the big hit, the big hitters on the console that I've never played. Um, all the other all the other big names i've um i've played to some extent or another uh, i think and,
0: and and i think you'll really enjoy through. majora's mask i think you will enjoy majora's mask more than you will ocarina of time i i all think right. that i think because of the unique uh time sensitive nature of things i think you would actually really enjoy it
1: i'm well yeah forgive the pun only time will tell ah!
0: eh? Eh? Uh, we'll have to wait until a new moon, right? So, um, where w- so where can people find you uh, if they want to come and watch your streams?
1: Yeah, you can find me on Twitch at Now and Then sixty four. You can find me on Twitter at Now and Then sixty four, and occasionally. And I need to get back into doing a bit more of this. You can find me on YouTube at uh, Surprise Surprise Now and Then sixty four. But streaming, I'm doing Tuesdays, Thursdays, and regrettably Sundays because it means that we that, that we clash so don't come and watch don't come and watch me go and watch cliff go and watch cliff no, go and, go and, watch, come, go come watch and see it. me on tuesdays and thursdays then cliff on fridays and sundays that's fair isn't it <laughs> we're like we're like a set of parents you know i'll take them tuesday and thursday you have them friday and
0: sunday and then matty's just around at the beginning of all Matty of our can have sunday afternoon yeah <laughs> Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you very much for joining, and I'm sure I've kept a certain brown bear out of this conversation. But I'm sure you'll be coming back to talk to me about him. In I would love
1: year. to. Uh, I'd love oh, to. Love to. I, I certainly do hope this is not our, uh, and I'm sure it won't be the last time we we get together to have a little a little bit of a chin wag about uh, various bits on on the uh, on the N64.
0: Lovely, lovely, lovely. Thank you very much for joining me tonight. Cheers, bud. Catch you soon. Wasn't that bloody lovely? Brilliant. And I just want to say a huge thank you. A huge, huge thank you for Martin joining me. And that was a bloody... there's was one of my favourite chats we've done. And to be honest, there's not a single chat that I've done so far on this podcast. Be that Ross, be that Mish, be that Harriet be that amorpha be that pocket no we're not gonna say her name not gonna say her name pocket ninja i don't think anything blew up and that's a relief really- shit fire 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 put out the fire fu- i put it out and put it out for fuck's sake every time every time anyway but what a lovely chat Thank you so, so, so much, mate. And it's pleasure. And do you know what? I can't wait. And I've alluded to this at the end of the last podcast. But we will be back for a mini history of uh, someone soon. As well as a battle for Jinjos with Super Mario 64 versus uh, someone or two people or two animals. Anyway, I'm not going to give that away. That's in the future. That's in the future. And as you already heard, the next podcast will be our Halloween special. Whoa, spooky. Yeah. And it's going to see these two games face off against each other in another battle for Jinjos. Yes, Resident Evil 2. Resident Evil 2, even though it's put me slightly off, it's gonna be beginning of November when you hear that episode, but it's technically a Halloween special. Nah! Oh well. Anyway, it will be facing off against this game Shadow Man 64. Yes! Yes, it's like Neil's big wet dream. All it needs in there is conquer, and Neil will be just bouncing off the walls. However, you can get me on the normals. Obviously, on the old Twitter at N64LifePodcast and the Instagram at N64LifePodcast on an email, N64LifePodcast at gmail.com and obviously come and join the discord community description as sorry link in the description notes below as well as the twitch channel n64 Life podcast come and join us over there as well you know if you're listening to this on the friday you come and join us Eight thirty british standard time we're going to be playing resident evil we're going to be playing shadow man C- come and join us just go now just go go but that's it another podcast Done and dusted, and I really hope you enjoyed that double bill. But I shall catch you all very, very soon. I'll see you later.